Welcome back to Dungeons and Designers. This is our third in the series of character building, and today we're here with Dan Churn, my brother. What's up? So we've gone through Courtney and Zach's characters, and today, um, or up until this point, we have done no magic, and I believe you're going to change that. Yeah. So like the last episodes, I'm going to bring up a character sheet that you won't be able to see, but we'll talk through it. Um, the people watching on YouTube will see that we're now using our new character sheet that uh, we've sent some pictures and shown some pictures on Instagram. It's our neon campaign two character sheet, all branded for Dungeons and Designers. We're on that tier now. Um, but Dan, let's start talking about what race you're going to be. I think that is a great spot. Your name kind of will be based off of that. Your classes will come off of that. Um, so what are you thinking for your race? Uh, I'm going to be a half-elf. Okay. Shake it up. And when you say half-elf, are you talking high-elf, wood-elf? Uh, no, I'm going to go um, drow. Mm, the dark bad boys. Yeah, you know, a little <laughs> moody, you know? Yeah, no, I, I dig yeah. it. Um, every campaign needs a little drist. Yeah, and for sure. We're going to get a little half-drist. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, light. So let's let's jump straight over from Half Jar. We're gonna keep this moving. Um, what character name did you think you were gonna you were gonna land on? Have you thought um, about that? Yeah, I named him him Elisar. Okay, one sec. Sorry, how do you E? Yeah, L L. Okay, I S A R. Okay, cool. And so we have Elisar, the half-drow, which I think out of campaign one and two might be the most like fantasy name we've had, hmm. which I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Azhag was uh, fantasy, but for Warhammer goblins. So. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got your Elisar, the half-drow. Um, what class do you think you're going to be playing? Um, playing a sorcerer. Okay, cool. Um, like we said, you're a first magic user. So I think before we even get into all the nitty gritty numbers, let's just talk through the, the implications that having a sorcerer in this campaign brings. So, you know, because we've talked about it a lot, um, magic is a weird system here because the weave has is weakened down, and it's really hard to connect to the weave and pull that arcane power. Um, so let me read off just a little bit about this, and then we can talk about how it will impact you. Sweet. So magic's instability and the weakened connection to the weave causes many unexpected results. When attempting, attempting to cast a spell, these instances are often dangerous and therefore have created outcasts out of all who try to use it. So because you're a magic user on this space station that is... Um, a thin piece of metal from the void of space. This inability to control your magic makes you kind of a threat to the safety. Mm. Now, there, is, there are many caveats, and because we're kind of alpha testing this as we play, if we find that it's not fun or underpowered or too cruel, we'll change it uh, <laughs> as we do it. Um, but so here's, here's one, one of the caveats. To utilize the weakened weave connection, you will need to concentrate, adding five minutes to the cast time before you cast a spell and ensure a strong connection to the weave. So let's say you're not in combat and you've got time. Um, this is very similar to, um, mm, can't remember what they call it when you can cast a spell without your spell slot. 
oh well. Um, but if you add five minutes to your cast time, you can instantly gain access to the weave. So you can ensure. So if you're if you're chilled out, you can spend time, make sure your connection is strong, and then cast your spell. Every time you cast the spell without making that connection, you risk the weave acting unpredictably and breaking. You're going to roll an extra d20 outside of your, your normal d20s for each level of the spell. So if you cast a level 3 spell, you're going to roll three d20s. If any oh. of the dice roll a 20, I roll a d100 to cause an additional effect to the spell you're casting. So I've got this chart that's going to be um, a ton of different options that could happen. So... If you cast a spell, you roll a 20 on your dice, there will be a rift or something occurring between where you cast your spell and like your target. That kind of makes sense? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, but like if let's say uh, you're casting a cantrip, which I don't remember what source your cantrips are because it's been a while, but let's say you cast one of those, that doesn't roll any d20s. You just automatically get those successes or... You know, you don't have to, right because there's no level of the spell, right? And it, right, okay. and the pull on the weave in the way we're telling the story is that yeah, the, that pull minor. is minor. But once you start doing like fireball, which is a very high level spell, that's going to be like you're going to be really pulling unless you can spend five minutes and like meditate on that and figure out how to spell. So if you're up in like a tower or something and you're concentrating for five minutes, you could cast that first fireball into battle without the risk. So you concentrate and you only get one cast? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, and if you're in battle, five minutes is a yeah, ton like turns. of turns. <laughs> so really, you at most get one that doesn't pull the rip. If in combat. But if you're doing like just uh, more like utilitary, like story, like you're just in town. Yeah, yeah. You can cast all those like with just like five minutes in concentration. Hmm, interesting. But for, for combat, yeah, if you're... If you sneak up, you can get one. And then the rest would be at the risk of rolling the D20s. Which even with like a level three, you're talking about three dice that have a a 5% chance. So it's not, it's not going to happen a lot. Hopefully Uh, the way I rolled. Wait, a 5% chance? uh, Oh, it's one in a 20. Oh, okay. And the way I roll dice, I would, would, I never roll 20s. So you're. And if we're talking I about always roll twenty, you do you roll twenties a lot. Um, <laughs> but if we're talking about even like how many spells you get per long rest, the the most I think you're going to be casting is like five or six spells around usually. Yeah. yeah. So this shouldn't happen daily. It should be um, a nice little interesting effect that happens unexpectedly. But I think the biggest thing that will that is implicated here is this idea that. Because you're a magic user, you're either completely hiding it from everyone around you or you're in hiding. And if I'm going to make like some media connections here, I would I would kind of think about this like how the X-Men either had to choose to hide their powers or go into hiding or go to school, right, where they can learn it and kind of be safe. Or right, something Wolverine then. That's cool. Wolverine or uh, Sabretooth with the Brotherhood side. <laughs> um or we could say that this is very much like uh, Avatar The Last Airbender where uh, Aang has these powers that he can use, right? But if he's seen by certain people who are against him, like that's bad. Like he should hide it. Mm. So you could use magic uh, totally fine in front of some people. And we're going to talk about that because I believe it will come into your, your backstory a little bit. But if you're in front of like the Covenant, the police of the Lathander's Ring, that will have 
dire consequences because that's like the number one rule is not to use magic on the station. Unless I kill them all. Unless you can somehow, yes, kill everybody, <laughs> which I, D&D, right? That's a possibility. Um, probably not at level one, but <laughs> that's, that's an option you could try. And then uh, episode two, you'll have a new character. <laughs> all right. So we're going to skip alignment um, or I'm just going to fill it in chaotic neutral. I want you to feel like you can make changes and reactions to things around you without being locked into this mindset of I need to be good. I need to be evil. Mm. Um, but let's the next thing that I've got on this character sheet, at least, is background. Um, so this is kind of to define who you are on the space station. Did you have a background you were kind of thinking? Yeah, I was looking at the um, the criminal background, like the spy variant. Cool. So let's let's like read a little bit about that. So your experienced criminal with a history of breaking the law. You have spent a lot of time among other criminals and still have contacts within the criminal underworld. Could very much fit into like this magic user. Who are you able to hang around with that they don't care that you can use magic? And then the spy is, although your capabilities are not much different from those of burglar or smuggler, you learned and practiced them in a very different context as an espionage agent. Uh, you may have been an officially sanctioned agent or the crown, or perhaps you sold the secrets you uncovered to the highest bidder. So let's we're going to talk about that soon. Um, I guess we can talk about that now. Like, who do you think you would have been a spy for or spied with? Um, what kind of situations might you have been spying on type of deal? I think, um, like... I take it more from a stance of because he's like a magic user and he's always like everything's in secret. So spy is always like hiding who their true identity is and kind of like, yeah, being secretive with everything. And so I think like he may not have been, you know, cause it's still a level one character. So he's pretty like, you know, his background, he's also young. He's only 22. Okay. Um, but would be like more set in a sense of like he leans towards being kind of spy because of the way that he's had to train himself by hiding all the time because, you know, he's yeah, not he, really accepted. Yeah, he's an outcast for sure and kind of wanted if he gets seen. So while you were explaining that, I went and found that the skill proficiency you get for that are deception and stealth. So I've added those to your character sheet. Um you get a tool proficiency with either a gaming set or thieves tools. Where do you? Yes, yeah, so I in? took the thieves tools, and then the actually the, I, I would have to find it for you. Mm -hmm. But the there is a spy variant in the Explorer's Guide to Wildemount book, mm -hmm. um, where you can take acrobatics instead of deception. Okay, is that what you wanted? So I was, yeah, I was taking stealth and acrobatics. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of like the, the core of your character. You're a level one sorcerer, half drow, LSR. Um, before we get into like the, the nitty gritty numbers, which I probably already said once this episode, you need to mix that up. Um, let's talk about things that are more about kind of role playing and who your character is. And like, that's your, what are your goals and drives? So we know right off the bat, because you're, you've chose a sorcerer, one of your goals is to 
keep hidden or keep your abilities hidden. Yeah, I think um, a lot of his choices and drive come out of like uh, frustration of like, you know, he likes the power that he gets from being a sorcerer and being able to have those connection with the weave. And he's frustrated that like that's not okay in this you know life or whatever so i think a lot of his yeah a lot of his decisions and drive comes from that cool and i would i would say maybe maybe that would be a flaw too right is like this frustration and anger that that you can't just use your magic openly yeah and maybe that does come out um can't use magic maybe that comes out in ways you act with people or in situations um And I think that makes total sense. You're in hiding. Yeah, it's basically hiding. like if you if you mixed uh, Anakin Skywalker and Willow, <laughs> put that into a person. Yeah, so I would assume uh, 100% of our listeners know the Anakin Skywalker. And uh, you and I, for some reason... Everyone should know who should Willow know Will- is. I think they're remaking it, which is probably terrible. Um, <laughs> like Peter Dinklage or something? I think so. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, Willow is a great fantasy movie uh where he <laughs> needs to keep a child hidden. Great. I love it. I think it's Yeah, it is fantastic. It is fantastic. Um so other things that are on the character sheet and kind of are in this uh personality thing that we're talking about. Um we have one of your kind of goals is to keep hidden. Uh we have your flaws that you, you get frustrated that you can't use magic. Um maybe a little angsty about that kind of are there things that you would hold as ideals? Like what would be important to you? Um, I don't know. I mean, you're like my guy is located in the, the dredges of this, this space station, you know, he's like this, right. You so you live on the first ring. Yeah. He's I'm like bottom bucket guy. Um, and that might not be because of your who you are, but what you're afforded, right? Like people are going to treat you differently. You can't be who you really are be on the station. So things may have just caused you to end up on this first ring. Yeah, and I think though, I'm not really interested in as much in like affluence or you know money and financial standing. I'm more interested in um, like that power struggle of trying to be wanting to be more powerful you know but not being able to kind of show that power so an ideal or something that might drive you would be this like wanting to be more powerful yeah i think that makes total sense um we haven't i'm gonna surprise you with this because we haven't talked about it at all um but do you do you have do you want a bond with something or someone do you want a friendship on the station? And you don't need to get names right now, right? But like, is this something that you would kind of want to do? Is there something that if it impacted somebody or something around you, it would affect you personally? Or, uh, yeah, I have a pet mouse. Do you have a name for this pet mouse yet? Biscuit. Cool. Um, so uh, something, again, because this is a new universe new scenario that you might not know the thing is about having like a real animal would be like a very wanted even a mouse so you can choose you don't have to tell me now you can choose right when we start recording your first episode but uh 
you have to you will decide if this is like a um, robotic mouse or remo- like a mouse could look real, but like inside it's robotics. Or is this a real mouse that, like, if someone found out, not only can you use magic, but you also have a pet mouse, like... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> right. Which is totally cool. Um, references from this, definitely pulling from Blade Runner. Like, this idea that in the future, like, animal trade is so rare because we've killed the environment. Like, how did you end up with a mouse in space? Which I'm totally fine yes. with. Yeah, okay. Just Let's something about that. <laughs> something you think about down the road. Could be really cool. Um so personality traits. I think we've talked a little bit about you kind of being um, maybe fiery. I don't know if that's like you're thinking by this like frustration that you can't use magic as being your flaw. But like, I feel like more more brooding. Okay. Which, yeah, no. Would you say um, like from Harry Potter, who would be like a character you would see? I'm assuming by the way you're talking about is like you'd end up in Slytherin, but. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Are you a Malfoy? Um, No, probably be more. I don't know, maybe more. Because you don't, you can't go Voldemort because he's obviously the one who's seeking for power, but like he's ridiculous. So it maybe be like uh, uh, what's his name? I think like Crab, but later or Goyle, maybe it was in the uh, later movies. Would it be kind of like Ron in in the Goblet of Fire, where Harry's getting all of this attention and he's put into this um, big contest, and then Ron is just kind of like in the background, angry at him because he's not getting attention or getting the power? Yeah, I think it'd be like that. But Ron has like a lot more, I think, redeemable values than this guy really does. Okay, so far, like maybe you'll we'll get more redeeming <laughs> values. <laughs> um. Okay, and another background thing we talked about briefly is that because you're a magic user, the big magic users are a part of these gangs. And these gangs in this setting are the because magic is such an unwanted thing and people have kind of given themselves credit for surviving the destruction of Toral, gods are now kind of outcasts. And the gods' powers, because they're losing worshippers, have now diminished. But there are still these gangs that worship gods. Um, we had talked about this being maybe possibly part of your backstory and maybe a part of your affiliations. Um, are you still thinking that? I think that um, like it would be something that I would be interested in like if I found out about them. But mm-hmm. my guy kind of being hidden and hanging out there. I don't know how much interaction he would have on Lavender's ring. I was just, looking specifically at Lulz. Okay, yeah. And I think, so we don't have to decide this right now, um, but I think because you're in hiding, you're going to still be talking to people who are also in hiding. Mm-hmm. And on a space station like Lathander's ring, Lulz would be in the most hiding. Um, Lulz's reputation wouldn't allow them on the space station at all. And if they ended up on a space station, they would need to, to hide. Um, yeah. So you can decide. I don't think you have to decide right now, but you could be aware that you're, there's a very good chance that you will interact with the gang of Lolf at some point, or right. you already have. Okay. Um, but I'm going to put this into your personality traits. In addition to brooding, um, kind of looking to fit in maybe, or looking for acceptance. Because that's kind of what you were saying with this idea of a gang, is like finding people like you that would accept you for your abilities. Does that kind of make sense? 
Uh, yeah, I think maybe that would be like a past. Not necessarily who I am anymore. Like it's gone from wanting acceptance to not caring about acceptance and just wanting to like prove people wrong. But I so mean, there, giving that up could on still acceptance. be part of it. Starting to, I guess, yeah. or yeah. I think that makes sense. All right, so I think we've got quite a bit of your um, backstory. Let's talk a little bit about like what you look like. So being a half elf and being dr half drow, there'd be like this kind of possibly lighter gray skin. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, probably something like that. Are you going to go with the super white hair? Is a uh, head gray hair. Um, you said your age was what? 22. Okay. Rough height. Have you put any thought into that? That's six foot. <laughs> uh, weight? Are you skinny? Fat? Yeah. I had a 165. Wow. That's, I've never been that thin. Um, <laughs> and then eyes. I think, I think Drow traditionally have like this purplish eye, but what are you thinking? Um, well, I feel like that'd be harder to hide. So being like light gray, everyone's going to know you're half drow. All right. Then do it then. Purple right. eyes? Purple eyes. Um, but being... So even if you are a part of this gang of Lolf, because mm. of your um, mixed blood, you would never be allowed to, to raise the ranks. You would be the same as a human in the, the gang of Lolf. Um, so you'd always be a lesser. So I think even if someone saw that you were light gray skinned half drow, you wouldn't be a threat as much as just like, maybe some people would even have pity for you because you really just don't fit in. It wouldn't be accepted anywhere. Yeah. Um, I kill people who have pity for me. Right. Like don't, they don't know what they're getting into. <laughs> um, have you put any thought into like what you dress like, what you're wearing? Um, I have like peasanty esque clothes. Always wear dark clothes, like blacks and dark grays. But you know, living in the that bottom ring, you know, you're not really afforded luxuries. So I'm wearing old, dark, old commoner's clothes. Just yeah, nothing fancy. Cool. I think unless I missed anything, I think that kind of covers your backstory and your appearance. Um, were there any other things that you wanted to cover that I might have missed? I think so. All right. I think then uh, we're going to start just getting your numbers down. So this is the first episode where you actually have much more recent experience making characters than I do. I haven't probably made a character in over a year. Um, so you're going to probably help me because I was helping Zach and Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's find your half elf. So if I go to half elf, I believe that's what we're looking at first. I've lost my spacing, but I'll find it. So ability score increase. Your charisma score. I guess before we even do that, do you want to roll? Are you rolling or going to just standard array? I'm going to roll. All right. So the way that we're doing this is uh, you roll four dice. You take the three highest or drop the lowest. If you get two eights throughout all six, you can just start over from scratch. Okay. Because we are not playing commoners, right? We're playing heroes, and you don't want to be below average on stuff. So let's just let's get it going. 
Alright, well, let me get something to write it down. I got a 15. It's a good first roll. That's a good one. Keep them coming, baby. <laughs> Alright, that's an 8. Okay, so that's your first 8. If you oh, get that's, a, that's a 7. Okay, if you get um, one more. Do you re-roll lower than 7s? You re-roll, what, re- re-roll lower than 8s? Yeah. Let's come back to it. Let's see. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want you to have a seven. That's so I've never done it where you don't re-roll. Yeah, let's just keep going and we'll probably come back to it. Nine. Rough. Okay. For you especially. Ten. Okay. Ten. Eight. Okay, so we keep your, if we keep <laughs> wait if we keep your seven and don't re-roll it, you can choose just to re-roll everything because you got two eights or lower. Yeah, re-roll all day. That's terrible. That is <laughs> that, ever. That's uh surprisingly bad. <laughs> that's terrible, terrible. All right, let's start over. All right. Twelve. Okay. Um, eight. Not doing so hot. Today's, today's not your day. Sixteen. There we go. That's a that's bigger than you would get with standard array ever. <laughs> so. Oh no way! Sixteen. All right. Oh. Twelve. Okay, that's not bad. Oh, one more. One more. One more. Oh, 16 again. All right. So you got 12, 8, 16, 16, 12, 16. Just to prove it. Just to prove it. There you go. I, five, five, six. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I believe you. Um, you got all your bad rolls out the first time. Yeah. Well, start that eight. <laughs> Bring that eight home. And the eight's not bad. Eight's just a little bit below average. Um, it makes total sense probably for your strength, right? Like, we'll see. We'll see where you want to put it, but it could make sense. So let's start Let's start with your three top. 16, 16, 16. Yeah, do a charisma, constitution, and dexterity. Okay. So then you have two 12s. Uh, wisdom, intelligence. So as I guessed, eight strength. So your strength modifier right now is negative one. Dexterity is three. Constitution is three. Intelligence is one. Wisdom is one. Charisma is three. It's a good good roll. Not bad. Okay, so now let's start talking about your half-elf traits. So your charisma score is increased by two, and two other ability scores of your choice increase by one. So your charisma goes to 18. So we're going to put those other two ability scores after you got the the two into charisma. Um, I mean, I have even numbers right now, so it won't really matter. Um, I guess I'll put 
be one into constitution. Um, and decks, I guess. I don't know. Maybe sure. now. Yeah, yeah, whatever. No, actually, no. Sorry, my bad. Put in wisdom. Cool. Um, so any like this 13, 17, you can go up when you get, I think it's level three. You Something get like um, a couple more. So these won't always be like that, probably. So you reach adult hold at age of 20. You said you're like 23, right? 22. So you're just now an adult. Um, you can live to 180. So you got quite a bit of life left. Okay, alignment, size, speed. We've talked about, oh, speed is 30 feet. So I'll drop that in. And uh, dark vision goes into your um, feats, I think. So dark vision, 60 feet, which is makes sense, especially for ring one, because ring one is a dim light. So you see in this 60 feet as if bright light. Right. Uh, you have uh, advantage on saving throws against charmed and magic. That doesn't get marked down. And then, Charmed and magic can't put me to sleep. Sorry, yes. And uh, so skill Love versatility. It. We talked about Love this. saving throws against magic. All magic. Great. Yeah, it's like whatever. Um, skill versatility. We talked about that a little bit because you're going to do um, alternate rules from Sword Coast Adventures, right? Yeah, I'm going to take the, instead of uh, skill versatility, I'm going to take the drow magic. Uh, it's a dark elf heritage. So you can select because I'm drow. Um, I get three spells, one at level one, which is Dancing Lights. I get Fairy Fire at level three oh, and wait, Darkness at level five. Dancing Lights is what you get right now? Yeah. Okay. And then what at level three? Fairy Fire. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Is that F-A-E-R-I-E? Yeah. F-A-E-R-I-E? Yeah. yeah. And then what was it? You said level five? But yeah, Darkness. And then uh, charisma is my the spell casting ability for all those, right? Which is good because that's your uh, that's what sorcerer is. Yeah. Okay, so I believe unless you think I'm missing anything, that is all the racial traits and features you get from being a half elf. Uh yeah, I believe so. Cool. Um, so let's talk about sorcerer then. So people can go and read about the sorcerer. We're not going to get into like what the class is so much, but basically you get a magic focus or what do they call it? Arcane focus. And you can cast spells. Yeah. Classic. So let's talk about your That's hit that dice. You don't, have, don't have to have a component pouch. Right. You can choose to have an arcane focus or a component pouch. Which um, isn't for all spells. What? Like higher level the arcane spells. Focus? No, yeah, the arcane focus. I'm not sure how that works. I, we can read it, but unless it like otherwise says something specifically, I'm pretty sure the arcane focus takes replacement of the components. Okay. So I don't know. There's probably I've never played a caster, so I don't know later. Yeah, and I usually do, so I'll have to go back and just we'll we'll both read it and it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, usually. For, Everything but like super high level spells, we're going to ignore some most of the components. Um, you not being a wizard, wizard spells are component heavy. So mm. they're very expensive <laughs> to run. 
So let's talk about hit dice. 1d6, which means your first level is 6 plus your constitution. So you're going to start with 9 health. Sick. Which is crazy coming from last campaign, which you guys all had like over 40, which still felt low to me, but... No, I had a lot. Did you have more? I had like 80. Okay, that's cool. Then 40 would feel very low. <laughs> I was just yeah. like... Um, so you'll get to roll your 1d6 or take 4 plus your constitution modifier from now on as you level. Okay, proficiencies. You have no armor proficiencies. You have proficiencies with daggers, darts, slings, quarters, staffs, light crossbows. So we'll talk about this because we're playing in a future setting. Some of these won't make so super sense, but we can adjust them and modify it to be setting approved. All right, skills. Choose two from arcane, deception, insight, intimidation, persuasion, or religion to be your um, proficient skills. It's no. Persuasion and perception. Yeah, you're choosing to be proficient in those skills, right? Yeah. It doesn't say that. Weird. Um, you're doing arcana and what? Persuasion? Persuasion and perception. Oh, I'm sorry. Perception's not on here. So it's it's arcana, deception, insight, intimidation, persuasion, or religion. Um, yeah, I have to check that because I definitely saw that on something. Okay, for now we'll give you arcana, and we can always yeah, change whatever. it. Um, and I believe that is everything in regards to your class features. Um, I get a background. That's what I was for a background. I believe you. Where am I looking? Search or origin? Yeah. Cool. So where are you picking for that? Um, divine soul. Okay. Do you want? Do you have it in front of you? Um. Yes. Let me see. Um. It's from Xanathar's guide. Okay. Um, so your link to the divine allows you to learn spells normally associated with the cleric class. When your spell casting feature lets you learn a sorcerer cantrip or sorcerer spell of first level or higher, you can choose a new spell from the cleric spell list or the sorcerer spell list. You must otherwise obey all restrictions for selecting a spell and it becomes a sorcerer spell for you. Cool. So you're getting some healing. Um, or not. What, what else like, from uh, cleric are you thinking? Um, well, I took... Uh, told the dead as a cantrip. Oh, interesting. Because that's not even allowed to most clerics. That's a very specific cleric spell. One of my favorite cantrips, actually. Yeah, it's like a necromancy thing, right? Uh, it just said domain cleric. of death. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, what is divine? What? What was the class or the origin? Divine soul. Divine soul. Cool. Um, All right, so before we d deep dive into magic, um, let's just figure out some of your equipment real quick. Because you do get to start with equipment. Yeah. So, but I'm going to ignore the equipment was here for a second. What do you think you want your character to have? Um, there, we have, we have a list started of setting specific kind of future stuff. 
but we could okay. easily modify other things if you wanted. So like what equipment are you thinking you, you want right now? I just took studded leather. Okay. And because you don't have a proficiency, that's a medium armor, right? Um, so that's that, a light armor. Is it? Oof. Does it get plus one to your AC? Um, it's 12 plus my dex modifier. Oh, that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm being dumb. So your armor class 15? Yeah. All right. So obviously studded leather probably doesn't make sense on a space station. So um, even though we're going to take the stats from studded leather, what do you, what do you kind of armor do you think you'd be wearing that could, could resemble that in a sci-fi setting? Do you want um, maybe just like a thick leather? Do you want a light? Well, I guess it would be leather, right? Because they don't have animals. Some kind of synthetic leather. Yeah. Um, but that could go into like right now you're just wearing commoner's clothes, but now that you're putting on like additional armor, um, what would this kind of look like as you're walking down the street? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking like a like ripstop, some kind of like thick, kind of like a bulletproof vest or stab vest type thing. I actually don't know what yeah, ripstop not. is. <laughs> Rip stop like material like um must have like old tents were made out of I don't know oh okay like more thicker I don't know something that would like a canvas almost yeah sure so like a woven a woven material though and sure. this is gonna be another just kind of like RP are you thinking it's like full sleeves or like chest. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I'm probably pretty cold. I probably would try to get something full-sleeved. Full. Okay. So thick, I just wrote thicker canvas woven full torso, which we'll, be, we'll, we'll know with sleeves. Um, what uh, weapon are you thinking you want ranged and melee? Um, I'd probably just have a, a dagger, and it says I have a lot of like crossbow. Cool. So I believe you have. I gave you access to the the document with the weapons, but I can read them off to you. So, for melee, you can use a normal dagger, or you could use a uh, energy dagger, which does a little bit more damage. Um, has all the same, but it does lightning. One d six lightning instead of one d four piercing. Hmm. Would you want that, or do you want more standard normal dagger? Would I have proficiency in that then? Mm-hmm. It's like we're going to give it the same. Um, the only difference is that this one would cast light. Sure. Okay. So we'll give you an energy dagger. Get that little boost of damage. So for ranged, there's like dark gun, which don't really do damage, but you could do effects like paralyze and poison. There's a flash pistol, which does a low damage of light. Um, then there's normal pistol, the rifle, auto rifle, sawn-off blaster, like a shotgun type thing, a sniper rifle, sonic railgun, energy, acid launcher, flamethrower, like normal kind of sci-fi game items. Um, I think it matches a rifle. Is it 1D4 or 1D6? 1d8. 
For the light crossbow? Yeah. Really? So that would be, yeah, a normal rifle. Yeah. Because one of the uh, light crossbow was less. Maybe I'm thinking of a hand crossbow. Hand crossbow is 1d6. Yeah. That's what Azag had. Cool. So uh, a rifle. Um, the the way we're going to try to do this right now in in uh, the setting, right? Everything, again, is alpha, right? So if we don't think this is fun, we can change it down the road. Um, the rifle is a two-handed weapon. The range is 80 to 200, 80 with advantage, or normal, and 200 to disadvantage. Uh, and we're going to do um, bullet, like uh, magazines. So you get 20 shots before needing to reload. So instead of having uh-huh. to manually reload the crossbow every time, you're going to get 20 shots, but then it's going to take a full action to reload. Hmm. Um, and then we're just going to track how many cartridges or how many magazines you have on you. But 20 is a lot. Um, I've always played my characters counting arrows and it very rarely gets in the way. So if it's not, if we find it not fun, we'll get rid of it. But for now, you get 20 shots and then eject the magazine, put a new one in. Next round, you can keep shooting. Um, okay, so you picked your, you have armor, you've got your, your ranged, you've got your... Oh, I'm sorry. You don't get a dagger. You get a light crossbow or a simple weapon. Would you want your dagger or your rifle? It says right there at the bottom, two daggers. Oh, I'm sorry. I am I am blind. This guy. This guy. Yeah, dang. No. Steal my daggers. Trying to steal your daggers. Um, okay, components pouch or arcane focus. I think you told me you're going to go with arcane focus. Yeah. And you had some flavor you wanted to add in it. Yeah, but now I don't think it makes sense with the setting. Okay. Okay. We can. We're going to do Arcane Focus, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. And you're going to be able to decide that whenever you want. Um, I think that's totally fair. Like, we're all learning this setting together. We can make adjustments. And we can even talk later if you want and come up with something special. Um, Then you get to pick a Dungeoneers pack or Explorers pack. I think most people have been picking Dungeoneers. But you can pick whatever you want. And then we just adjust like rope would be some sort of more synthetic kind of rock climbing rope. Uh, mm. Instead of torches, it would be more of a flashlight of your flavor. Food rations would be the same thing, but like more military style. Gotcha. Um, so did you pick a pack you wanted? No. All right. Let's just give you the Dungeoneers pack for now. Uh, you can change it if you want, but that gives you, I mean, for the most part, it's the same. Uh, the Explorers pack, I believe, and this is just like my terrible memory, I think gives you things like pitons and those kind of like mountaineering things. And the Dungeoneers pack is just more made for dungeons. Let me see. And oh, while oh. you were doing that, I'm going to go back over. So um, proficiency bonus at level two sorcerer is two. Um, you have no temporary hit points um saving throws where did it say yeah i take the explorer pack explore yeah cool and you've got free reign just to kind of like make sci-fi make fit setting all of it um where does it say which saving throws you would be proficient in i don't remember 
Um, constitution and charisma. Cool. Do you remember where I said that? Just so listeners can class find features. Great sorcerer. Oh, I, I see it. Yeah, man. I am. Today's not been good, huh? I am <laughs> letting it down. Uh, so cool. So you've got um, where's intelligence? So minus one saving throw for strength. One for intelligence, three for dexterity, one for wisdom, five for con, six for charisma. Does that all look right? Yes. Okay. So I, I leave, and you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The last thing we need to do is spells. Um, I'll fill in all the skill and numbers. languages. Oh, languages we can do right now because I have a slot. So Elvish. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, I get Elven in common, and then I get two more. Okay, what are you thinking? Um, well, it being a new like setting, I didn't really know sure. who's going to be a good so thing. Things... I did one was, I was thinking Abyssal. So the one, th- uh, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> what's her name? Courtney was saying that she was thinking Abyssal. Um, when she said that, what I told her was that uh, knowing Abyssal would be very much like knowing um, Sith in Star Wars. Like, there is some dark connotations with knowing Abyssal. You could, we could write it, you could put it into your storyline, but like, why would you be fluent in a language of demons? Mm. Does that make sense? Um, if you get two, I think I would recommend Undercommon for you, for one of them. Undercommon okay. is the language of the, the drow use. Um, so if you're going to want to interact with the, the Loth gang in the future, I think Undercommon makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. We could give you Abyssal, but just like just know, like, why would you be speaking the language fluently of the demons? You know? All right. Devils. Think about it. Sure. Yeah, I think Elven, Common, and Undercommon will get you through 80 to 90% of all situations, <laughs> right? Like, uh, there's there's... There's every race pretty much on this this ship or station and throughout space, but like gnomes know common, right? So maybe they're going to talk around you in, in gnomish and you won't understand them, but like for the most part, you'll be able to say what you need to say. <laughs> right. Okay. We don't need any of those type of things right now. So let's start going to magic because this is different. No one else has done this yet. Um so you get to choose four cantrips for the sorcerer. Yeah. And do you know what you're thinking those are so far? Um, yeah, I'm going to do Toll the Dead, um, Shocking Grasp, Mage Hand, and Message. Sorry, I'm uh, typing over a book. It's taking me a little bit. Uh, so it's Toll the Dead, Shocking Grass, Mage Hand, and what was the last one? Message. Cool. Um, I am sure you're aware, but I'm just going to do a reminder and maybe for listeners. So Toll the Dead is very similar to Shatter that um, Courtney used in the last session, where it does make a very loud noise. So if you're using it and you're trying to be sneaky, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've, I've used Toll the Dead quite a bit with uh, a grave domain cleric mm-hmm. and it's just it's a, a loud toll it won't break off rock and stuff but it is it's audible so if you're in a crevice mm-hmm. and try to use toll the dead on somebody it rings right 
Okay. Maybe I have to rethink that. I mean, character. Totally Dead is very good. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to... If I'm sneaky... Yep. And I'm like, trying to be hidden all the time. I think Shocking Grasp is, could be a really good one for that. Um, totally Dead will just be your go-to for when you're in a scuff and like you're you're not trying to hide anymore. Yeah, okay. But so um, I added a little bit before um, before Zach's episode after the fact, just like kind of a uh, a warning. It is expected that this character sheet will change a little bit before you play your first session, right? And there's room right. for that. This is just like initial thoughts of what are you going to do? Um, feel free to change this before we do season or episode one okay. or session one. Okay. I, I also get um, a spell from a Divine Soul. A cantrip? I don't know what it is. Let me check. Okay. Because Totally Dead came from Divine Soul, right? So that became from my ability to pick from the cleric because of Divine Soul. Right. But Divine Soul also gives you mm. a spell at okay. first level. Do you want me to get Xanathar's Guidebook? I have the list. I don't. I just don't know. It's. Oh, I'm sure. gonna pick. I get a pick from Cure Wounds, Inflict Wounds, Bless, Bane, or Protection from Evil and Good. Mm. So I'm gonna take Bane. I would. I was gonna say if you're looking for another damage, Bane's great. Cool. So you got Total Dead, Talking Grass, Mage Hand, Message Bane. These are all the of the magic, the spells you can cast without rolling the magic die. Except maybe Bane. I don't know what Bane is. Bane's a cantrip, though. It's it is okay. I think so. Didn't you just say oh. that was a cantrip? No, I just said that's one of the ones I get. Oh. I was a first level enchantment. Okay, so. Oh, so I skipped the gun. Don't worry. Uh, those first four I said, not Bane. <laughs> those are all things that do not require much toll on the the weave. So let's talk about first level sorcerer spells. You get to know two of these. Yeah, so I'm gonna take. Um... Shield and cure wounds. That's cool. So, like all of your, uh, all of your spells that do require the weave are kind of like healing things. Yeah. So far, except for bane, which you get because of divine soul. Um, I also have written down up here. Where did I put it? Dancing lights. You get that right because of your drow magic. Is that a level one right. or is that a cantrip? I don't know. I think it's a cantrip because I don't think it does anything Let's other than forgot about it. I got you. That's why we're here together. Um, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a cantrip though. Let's see. It's a cantrip. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, all it does is like light up the room. All right. We were talking about spell slots, but we had a little sidebar because Dan introduced a concept I don't know. We're going to figure that out after this episode. Um, character creation isn't always simple, especially when you pick a magic user. And <laughs> I think it's very important that you give players flexibility, but also try to keep it balanced, knowing that the rest of your party can't do things. Right. Um, so Dan's going to figure out his spell slots versus, I think it was called point by, sorcery point. I don't remember. He's going to figure that out. <laughs> we'll figure it out together. Uh, Dan has some other sorcery things. Like, what was the feature, Dan? Something of the gods? Um... Favored by the gods. Yeah, favored by the gods. So there are other things to, if you pick a magic user, you need to remember and learn. It's not a very easy first character, right? If you're doing a first character, um, playing a fighter or something would be much simpler. 
But I think sorcerers are fun. It's going to be cool seeing Dan play it because I think this is your first one of your first sorcerers. Um, first caster. First caster. Well, no, I played a druid once for like a day. <laughs> yeah, and druids for being a caster, you you can build it that you just do melee damage anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where we're going to end it. Um, you'll be able to find Dan's character sheet on DungeonsAndDesigners.com under his uh, name in his little player card. So you can see where this ends up after the fact. Uh, but until then, um, I believe this is week three of December. So uh, <laughs> week four of December, you're going to get our last episode before we start the campaign, which is just going to be like a little round table talking about the old campaign versus the new campaign and what each player wants from it. So until next week, bye. Go Bills! <laughs> <laughs>